Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. This episode is brought to you by Gilt. So when it comes to building wealth, taxes are such a big part of the strategy. And even if you're already filed, being proactive about this year to lower your future liability is so important. Gelt actually provides a proactive approach to tax strategy, combining innovative technology and expert CPAs by creating personalized tax strategies for your unique financial needs of multiple revenue streams, M&As, restricted stocks, various investments and more. You can keep your hard-earned money. Our, their proprietary platform ultimately gives you the full transparency of your tax management and direct communication with your CPA to reach your financial goals and grow for your wealth faster. So again, you know, if you're interested on this, go to joingelt.com. Uh, and they are actually on the show notes that I'm going to be posting a very special offer for you all that you can actually enjoy. So again, you know, joingelt.com. Dot com. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So today we have a really amazing founder that is joining us, you know, a founder that has done it multiple times, you know, a founder that has been through the full cycle, you know, build it, scale it, finance it, uh, you know, acquisition. And now he's gone with his latest company from zero to 600 employees in no time. We're going to be talking quite a bit about blitzscaling. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest today, Yanis Nivoschutz. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alejandro. Great to be here. So originally born in Berlin. So give us a little of a walk through memory lane. How was life growing up there? Yeah, I'm, I was born and raised in Berlin. Um, uh, so that's a long time ago, but I spent uh, the majority of my first half of my life there. So went to school there. Uh, when university, and I also um, started my uh, first two companies um, when I was based out of Berlin. Um, I had a couple of more stops in my life. Um, so I lived in uh, Spain two times, I lived in Denmark, I lived in Ireland, and I live in New York City. So uh, I've you know traveled and moved a lot in my life. And 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 I think that uh, that's probably shaped you, you know, quite a bit. How do you think that having had that exposure of having been in places like Barcelona, Madrid, Dublin, New York, Berlin, even Denmark, how do you think that has shaped your worldview and your perspective on things? Yeah, so I deliberately did that because, I mean, like many people, I love to travel. Uh, I love to learn about new cultures. Um but I personally think for my thought for myself, and I, I think I was right back in the day that you only can really experience um you know a culture really understand it if you live there that's that's what I think and, and still do um so that's why I decided to to move there and I think it gave me some good perspective honestly because um uh you know we're running a global company now, and I do have quite a good understanding of the different cultures uh, that I lived in um also how people how the prejudices are, you know, about each other. Um, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who, who has the chance to do it. It's an amazing experience. It involves a lot of moving, a lot of times looking for a flat, a lot of times putting stuff in your storage. But it's for me, it was totally worth it. 
Now, in your case, you know, obviously you're building a rocket ship right now, and we're going to be talking about it in just a little bit. But everything didn't start, you know, as a as a you know path full of roses, as one would have expected as a founder, because with your first company, you know, things did not unfold the way that you wanted. So, what happened with with a company? Yeah, sure. So the very first company that I founded together with my uh, brother, who was also my co-founder at CoachHub, um, was a company called My Perfume. And My Perfume was a very interesting business idea. So what we did, um, we had a website where you can customize your own perfume online. Yeah, so you can customize it, the scents, the, the different notes, and you can also customize the bottle. And it makes a fantastic present. Right. And we all started, actually, we started it out of uni um, when we were very young. And we put really everything we had, obviously, not a lot of money, but a lot of time and, and heart and, and power and passion to it. Um, and we built that to, to more than 200,000 clients with India. And that's a lot of clients, right? It was a B2C e commerce model. Ultimately, though, after I think a total three, four years, uh, we decided not to pursue it any further. Um, so it didn't work out, uh, which was devastating, as you can imagine. If you put so much effort, so much hard blood, so much, you know, of your time and 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 you know your hopes into this one business model, and then after like four years to find out, shit, it's not working. I tell you, it's devastating. It was not fun. Uh, I did not have a good time. Um, but hey, you know, life goes on. Well, you either succeed or you learn. What did you learn there? I mean, first of all, I found out that. E-commerce and B2C is not my personal passion. Um, I like many mechanics of those business models. Um, however, I, you know, since then, followed actually the path of B2B. That was 2011. Since 2011, I focused on B2B and sales on, on enterprise software. And that's my big passion. Um, and may, maybe that's a learning, right? It's a, it's a learning outlet where I found out that it's, you know, this, this is more the thing for me. But besides that, you know, is it a learning? We had 200,000 clients. It was, a, you know, in the first hand, it was a great business model. You know, the retention wasn't where it needed to be in the end. But um, yeah, look, I, I learned a lot as well um, in terms of leadership, in terms of how, how, how to run a company. And hey, ultimately, actually, it was the source of why CoachUp exists these days. So um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm thankful for that time. Ultimately, as they say, you know, one door opens, you know, when another one closes. But in this case, the next one that would open, that was Test Hub, because once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. So what was the business model of Test Hub? Because the outcome of Test Hub was a little bit different. You know, it ended up getting acquired. So what were you guys doing there? Yeah. So um, Test Hub was a usability testing platform. So um, in, in core, we had um, thousands, tens of thousands of of testers, of, you know, individuals, freelancers, of hobby, um, you know, enthusiasts who just went on websites on an apps and tested them. They recorded themselves while doing the, you know, browsing the app and the service and then just, you know, just recording themselves. By this way, when you then as, a, as, an, um, as an entrepreneur or as a usability expert in the company review those videos, you can see where they actually get stuck. And it's it's so powerful, and it's you know it's an amazing business model. It was you know it was a great business model. We sold it, but um, you know that that's that started all in uh, on the beach in Barcelona. Um, it, you know it's uh, it's I don't know if you shall deep dive into this the story, but it's actually a funny one. Well, let's let's hear the story then. Yeah. So after my perfume, I took a time off. 
I went to Barcelona to recharge. Um, I did recharge for around four weeks, I think so, maybe five weeks. And then I somehow came across a similar model um, in, in the US. And I thought, hey, that's awesome. It must be working in Europe as well. And um, I thought a little bit about it because I had a background in usability and software testing. And um, I, th I thought, hey, that's, that's, that's the most amazing business model in the world. And what I did, basically, I ran home from the beach to my small, shabby um, apartment in Barceloneta, which is right at the beach, but not very nice uh, flats and it's not very nice to live there. It was very cheap because I didn't have any money then. I bought a huge pallet of Red Bull and started coding. So I built the website and I started to you know, approach the first clients and yeah, it took off from then. So what was the business model there of TestHub? Yeah, so, so TestHub was this, um, this business model where freelance testers can review your website and record themselves. So how did that uh, journey land into an acquisition? You know, how was that uh, journey leading all the way up until, you know, that moment where all of a sudden you guys are engaging and, and how did that unfold? And, and what kind of visibility did it give you to go through the full cycle with the company? Yeah. So, yeah, we built that company from, from zero, like from beach in Barcelona um, to, you know, to a successful exit. Um, the company is now owned by Vista Equity. So it's a large, or maybe the largest uh, private equity um, company in the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the business model was great. The execution was good. Um, the, the clients loved it. And uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a successful B2B business model unfolding, uh, unfolding there. So how do you end up in Dublin? you know, working for LinkedIn after this transaction? Yeah. So Dublin was many years later. So I, um, I in between, I was moving back to Berlin. Then I, I was living in Denmark. Then I lived, uh, you know, back in, in Spain. I lived in Madrid. And then I moved to, uh, to Dublin because my girlfriend at that time, she had a job at Google in Dublin. She, she wanted to go. And I said, hey, it's Google. Of course we go there, right? And I wanted to see how really, really good SaaS companies operate from the inside. As I mentioned, I have the, this huge passion for B2B SaaS. Um, and I really wanted to see how do the best companies in the world operate. So I decided to take a job for two years, LinkedIn, and build up their um, business lines for the uh, Central European and Northern European markets and, uh, and let their sales teams. And I can only tell it was awesome. I learned so much. Um, many of the things that I learned at LinkedIn are now applied as Coach Hub. Um, many employees from LinkedIn are now at CoachUp. I think it's more than 100 people from LinkedIn now work for CoachUp. LinkedIn, I didn't poach them. They just came to me. I didn't write anybody. <laughs> so um, nice. it, was, it was a great experience overall. So while you were there, you know, a visit from your brother changed the direction of things. Tell us about it. So my brother, who's my co-founder at CoachUp, he, um, he visited me in Dublin uh, at some point. I think it was 2018 or 17. And yeah, we walked the rainy streets of Dublin. He was working in consultancy at the time. Um, I was working at LinkedIn, as I mentioned. And we walked the streets and we, we, you know, we thought, hey, we both are entrepreneurs. We started our companies in the past before. And you know, our hearts burn for entrepreneurship. And we want to build something again. We want to build a new business. But we said this time, uh, we don't want to build another you know, perfume company, right? Or we don't want to sell and ship shoes, we want to do something with an impact. Um, we wanted to do something that changes, you know, uh, your personal development, your career, and to a little bit uh, society, right? Because coaching does exactly that. 
And um, we reminded ourselves back in the days at my perfume that we had in the in very early days together, that we engaged a coach back in the days that helped us so much in some very complicated and um, difficult times when things were not going as they should. And uh, my brother and myself, we had we had a hard time. We were fighting a lot. And this coach um, that we engaged back in the days helped us tremendously. Um, so that was one, one of the factors. Um, I had a coach throughout my career up until, um, up until now, obviously, that helped me so much um, in, you know, finding what I want to do with my life, where I want to be. And, you know, then the third thing was that at LinkedIn, there's very strong coaching culture. So all managers, including myself, are requested to coach their, their people, support them in their growth. And I just thought, hey, these are three perfect combinations. Um, let's try, try to do something in that space. And we, we uh, you know, <laughs> took our laptops. Uh, I moved to Berlin a half year, a half year later. Uh, we moved, uh, or uh, I moved back. And we, he kind of moved into my apartment and we just started coding and uh, you know approaching clients and that was the start of all so how do you guys make money in coach hub yeah um so coach hub um is the world's leading digital coaching platform so what we do we match um certified business coaches um with employees of companies of all sizes so if you're you're an entrepreneur and um with your employees um you might have experienced you know, when you try to develop them, try to, to grow them, when you, you know, want to grow your leaders, oftentimes you just send them to a workshop, right? Like a two-day workshop, go to the seminar, become a great leader. Guess what? You know, how, how will that, that work, right? It doesn't. There's uh, so many statistics um, that actually say that 80% of all content that you consume in a workshop or anything like that, forget this within two weeks. It's called the forgetting curve. And it just doesn't work. I have been to so many workshops myself to become a better leader. You just forget all that stuff. So it requires a completely different approach. You know, it's, um, it's about lasting behavioral change. It's about working with somebody that holds you accountable of, of your actions. You reflect, um, you're trying out new leadership styles and you, you know, you just grow and you grow and you engage with your coach over a long time and slowly but steady, you grow and you change your behavior and you become a better leader and it's the most powerful tool to improve as a person, to grow as a leader. Um, yeah, and what we do is we match those coaches um, with companies of all sizes, and we have a SaaS fee. So clients uh, pay us a fixed yearly fee, and they have unlimited access to their coach. Pretty simple. And you can the coaching takes place uh, virtually through an app or, or a website. Hey, guys, this episode is brought to you by .tech Domain. So, I mean, obviously, if you're a startup or an entrepreneur, you got to be super careful on how you go about your presence and how you get the catchy domain. And that's why I recommend .tech Domains as the go-to place to really get your own domain. A good example here is Aurora.tech, which is an innovative brand that has the .tech Domain associated to it. Aurora.tech actually works at the intersection of rigorous engineering to address one of the most challenging issues of our generation, which is transforming the way that people and goods move. It is set to launch Horizon, which is Aurora's first autonomous service that's designed to bring safety, value, and efficiency to carriers and fleet owners. I've actually arranged an amazing deal for all of you, and that is you can get your one-year domain for $10 or a five-year domain for $50. Just go to go.tech 
forward slash dealmakers. And that's again, go.tech forward slash dealmakers to get your own. And how difficult it is to uh, to build the two sides of the equation, you know, the coaches on one end and then also the clients on, their, on the other and the supply the demand. Yeah. So the beginning was very tough. Um, so we were sitting in our living room. I was cold calling both clients and I was also cold calling coaches because I can remember so well the early days that I spoke to the coaches. They said, oh, yeah, there are those, you know, there's many of those platforms, those marketplaces where you can sign up and then they send you clients. It never works. You know, imagine you are there as a founder with that idea. And then they tell you, you know, they've, these things have been tried before. They didn't work out. And still you push through. It's, um, <laughs> it took a lot of, uh, you know, uh, perseverance to, to survive that. But so many people said, yeah, no, we don't want to do it. Eventually, some people sign up. Uh, some coaches, they, I mean, it's, there's no fee attached. So anybody can apply to become a coach. It's extremely tough to become a coach at Coach because we have an extremely high bar on qualifications. But it's free. Once you're on a website, it's free. So we give you free clients. Um, but yeah, it was very tough in, in, in the beginning, for sure. At what point do you realize, hey, I think we're into something here? Yeah. So <clears throat> the, the first 12 months, at least, were extremely tough. So um, I, it wasn't my first startup, right? And I wasn't 23 anymore. So I was advanced in my career. My brother, he just bought a house and got a small baby. So the stakes were high. So we said, are we really, you know, do we dare to jump? And he said, he quit his job. I quit my job. He said, let's do it, right? Let's do it. Let's, but if we do it, let's go all in. Because if you do something half-hearted, there's pretty sure it doesn't work, right? So we have, if we do it, we do it right. So what we did, we hustled like crazy for the first um, six months. During those six months, it was devastating. Um, I can remember I had many, many periods in, my, um, in, 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 this, in this time where I said, shit, it's not going to work. I'm going to give up. I, I said, no, it's not going, I'm, I'm doing something else. I, I don't want to do it anymore. There was so much pushback. It's, it's all too risky. No, I'm, I was about to give up many, many times. Um, but you know, the only thing that I said that I can control is my input, my work ethics and how much I'm willing to succeed. This is the only thing that I can control because I cannot control if the clients want to buy, if the coaches want to join It's it's, it's out of my control, but I can control how hard I'm going to work. So I just worked my ass off, right? And and then eventually um, it 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 worked because eventually clients said, "Hey, it's actually interesting. Let's have a conversation." And coaches said, "Hey, yeah, let's have a conversation." And slowly, slowly, it was very slowly. We, you know, we reached some. I wouldn't say a tipping point because it was never really a tipping point. It's it, it's still hard work. Um, but you know, without that grind in the first twelve months, no chance we wouldn't be here. So at what point does the blitzscaling, you know, activation button, you know, at what point is that pushed? And then it's like, oh, unbelievable growth. Funny enough, um, one of our investors that invested in TestUp back in the days, I made some good money, uh, is a friend of mine. And I approached him and um, I presented um, coach up to him because we wanted to have some input on, on, on uh, some, some ideas, some metrics. So we met him at a restaurant uh, to, to discuss the business model, really with no agenda. And um, yeah, we had a nice uh, lunch for two hours, ate very nicely, very well. And then we went home. And after like three hours, this guy said, guys, I want to be in. Here is, I can remember, 100K. This is the valuation. Let's go. And said, oops, that wasn't the intention at all, right? So 
Um, so we thought about it for a while. If you're ready to take some external capital, um, and then the end we said, okay, screw it, let's do it. So we took the money, and we we started um, building. Uh, pretty soon, the next investors uh, joined us. Some seed investors, um, Speed Invest, and others, Holzbrink Ventures joined us, and then it, you know, one after the other joined us. Right then, then Partech, um, and eventually SoftBank and Sofina joined us in our late, uh, latest round. So it was. Um, Yes, once we hit those I milestone after one and a half years, I'd say it, it took off, and and since then it's it's a it's a rocket ride. And how many how how much money have you guys raised to date, and what has been that journey like? So in total, we raised three hundred thirty million uh, in venture capital. Yeah, got it. So um, now in this case, you know, like when when you go from zero to six hundred employees, like in in no time, and we're talking about you guys have been with the business for about five years, a little bit over five years. I mean, how do you guys go about keeping it together when it comes to culture and 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 so that people are you know dancing the same song with the same moves? Yeah, it's it's extremely difficult and extremely tough. And rem- remember, it was in COVID times. In COVID times, we started scaling completely remote, no offices, um, and we 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 hired many people you know remote in the first place because we never were planning to open an office somewhere um, in the Midwest in the US, right? We have an office in, in New York City, uh, but we never, we hired everybody everywhere. And yeah, it was tough. It was tough, I tell you. Um, I mean, one great thing about CoachUp is that we have a great mission, right? So our mission and vision is to democratize coaching and make it accessible for everybody across the across the globe because coaching used to be very expensive, right? I don't know if you had any coaching in the past, but executive coaching is extremely expensive. And through technology, we want to make it accessible and obviously much cheaper than you would, you know, uh, pay for it when you just go to the coach around the corner. So we have a great mission which aligns many people behind our purpose. But still, it's um, it was tough. I mean, I guess that's you know we did the stuff that many people did, right? We did town halls, uh, we did virtual events, uh, we did a huge uh, focus on on our culture. But you know, in the end, it still was tough. Yeah. Now four years in you realize that uh, it's time to pack the bags and come to New York City. Why? Yeah, so I moved to New York City uh, eight months ago, and I did this mostly to grow our uh, North American uh, operations. So we do have a sales team on the ground for a while now, um, and we're successful here. But I don't know how other founders see that, but oftentimes I hear and I, I start to agree that it's probably... A good thing if one of the founders move to move to the U.S. If you are serious about the U.S. and North American market, so I'm here now. I'm you know supporting and building the market. I'm supporting in um, doing sales. I'm meeting with clients. I'm meeting with partners. I'm meeting with coaches and just help to build the brand and and our and our presence in the North American market. And um, I just love it. And you think that that's a, something that uh, because I'm I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are listening that are from outside of the U.S. wondering, hey, you know, when should I move to the U.S., you know, like, what have you learned from this transition from coming to the new, to New York, from, you know, really thinking through into opening up the, the U.S. market? I mean, what, what kind of insights, you know, could you share with the people listening that are thinking about doing the same thing? Yeah. So I would definitely recommend to test the waters, right? Don't test the waters, you know, with a very, very small toe, but maybe with a Mid, mid-sized toe. So I'm saying don't put one rep in the market and see if uh, if it works out. Not even two, maybe put three or five uh, salespeople 
social test market because then you have some you know statistically more relevant data um but probably don't hire a lot more because us is much more expensive than europe obviously um and more competitive it takes a while to crack we cracked it ultimately but we had definitely our lessons to to learn in terms of the profiles that work for coach up um we're a scale-up we're a startup so not every profile with an enterprise background feels comfortable working in this um ambiguity in this environment um but yeah um that's that's probably my 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 advice and and be close to the market uh join client calls and and see what's what's going on so so also imagine you know in if you were to go to sleep tonight Yanis. And you wake up in a world where the vision of CoachUp is fully realized. What does that world look like? What would that world look like? I personally think that the world will look much, much better. Because think about it. What does coaching do? Um, coaching helps you reflect on your own behavior, on your own emotions. Um, and if you, if you think about it, like I have my coaching you know, on a regular basis. I just had my coaching today, my, my, my last coaching session. I reflected with my coach on a on a conflict that I had in the internal. And my coach told me, Yanis, put yourself in the shoes of, of the individual that you have in this conflict. This person might have their, you know, their their stress as well. They have stuff going on. And you always have to, you know, bring this compassion to these conversations. And this I you know, I'm I I've done a fair share of, of business in my life. So I theoretically should know that. But still, this conversation reminded me of this is the way you should lead. And, and just remember, if every leader would be more compassionate, would be more you know, empathetic in the leadership side of the world, which would be much better, right? So this is the, the lofty goal, obviously, that, that could result in, in everybody um, benefiting the, the, you know, the, the, the power of coaching. But I personally think um, and I hope that more and more CEOs, just like me, realize coaching is the most powerful tool to um, grow their people and are going to invest in the workforce and offering them coaching. Can be through CoachUp, can be through anything else, but offer them coaching because it will just help them to grow tremendously. Now, one thing that you alluded to earlier is, you know, co-founder dynamics and then also doing the business with your brother and how coaching, you know, has helped you guys to really be able to understand, you know, how you guys can really push, you know, as a team, you know, more effectively. So how, how do you think that, because there's this book that, that was written, you know, called Founder's Dilemma, and it talks about, you know, how tough it is to do business with a family member. So how has it been the experience for you guys? How have you, you know, it transformed yourselves or, or, or matured, I would say, you know, uh, to really have, much healthier dynamics, you know, as co-founders, but then also as brothers too. Yeah. And it all goes back to my perfume because at my perfume, we had tons of conflicts. We had, you know, we were fighting a lot. I, I would even sometimes say that, you know, the, the friendship to my brother would have been um, not here anymore if it would have continued like that. And I'm so glad that we brought in this coach who helped facilitate those conversations, helped to reflect ourselves on our own emotions and the way we interact with each other. So we are very helpful for the for the help of our coach back in the days. But, um, you know, and I would say probably if, if it was the first time that I found a company with my brother, probably would be tough. It's not the first time, luckily. So at CoachUp, we are running like an old machine. It's awesome, right? Because everybody knows what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, I do know what I'm good at. Uh, I know what I'm good at, and he knows what he's good at. 
and we have really zero conflicts. Of course, we have discussions, right? We are sometimes misaligned on small details, but over overall, the big picture and especially the collaboration, it's awesome. Can you remember a specific moment where that coaching was applied that uh, created a tremendous breakthrough in your guys' relationship? Yeah, it's it's mostly about the the interpersonal interaction. So when uh, when we were fighting, I mean, we partially brought. <laughs> funny if we also lived together back in the days because we were living together in a flat and also working together, and we partially brought the stuff from work, uh, sort of from home to work, <laughs> and we we're continuing to fight. So it, it was a lot, but definitely the part of being more aware of your own emotions, being aware when emotions like anger arise because you can feel it in your body um, and be being mindful of them because you don't want to be the the slave of your emotions. You want to be the master of your emotions, right? You, you need to be able to use your emotions as a weapon and to, to let them guide the conversation, not the other way around, right? So I think that was the most powerful lessons um, back in the day. Now, if I was to put you into a time machine and I bring you back in time, you know, perhaps to that moment that you were coming out of university and and getting together with your brother to start the first company. And let's say you had the opportunity of having a chat with your younger self and being able to give that younger Yanis one piece of advice before launching a business. What would that be and why, given what you know now? I was, and I still am, extremely ambitious. Especially when I was younger, I was also impatient. Right? I wanted to do too many things at the same time. I wanted to be faster. I wanted to you know, do more things. and. I think that is not the right thing as a founder. I think, and that's that's what a mentor and business angel once told me, laser focus is, is the absolute key. If you want to build a successful business, you have to be extremely focused on your vision and your mission and the strategy. A zigzagging, coming up with cool ideas left and right does not help. I think this is the most, most important lesson that I, that I learned and that I would tell myself. Now, for the people that are listening, Yanis, what is the best way for them to reach out and say hi? Yeah, probably LinkedIn. Um, just shoot me a message and maybe um, refer that you heard me here on the on the podcast because then I, then I know where you're coming from um, and we can just connect and, and yeah, have a chat. Amazing. Easy enough. Well, hey, Yanis, thank you so much for being on the Dealmaker Show today. It has been an honor to have you with us. Thanks, Alejandro. It was uh, great. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, Share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.